following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Welcome back. Another episode of The Intentional Foul. I'm Dan. On the line with me is, I don't know, I guess I was going to say, as always, this might be forever, is uh, my partner, Josh. Um, Hello. What are we here? Like, I don't It's hard to keep the days of the week and like the actual date straight right now with everything because it's like, I don't know, it's like Groundhog Day in a way. You know, like I just wake up and I don't really know what's gonna happen today keep reliving the same day over and over because that's i mean really for the people who don't work what else do you do in your house that's not the same every day man i don't know i i mean i I, i'm i'm glad at least i can go to work for a few hours so i can get out and do something because i mean the monotony for for some people must just be absolutely crushing and i'm an I'm an only child, so like I'm good on my own, and I could probably ratchet up video games for eight hours a day. But at the same time, now that you're older and you have things to do, I mean, it's just uh, the routine, man, of just oh, what, what, what the the, the biggest decisions you make are what you're going to eat and what you're going to watch on TV. It's so true. It's so true. Those, those are the big decisions. That's where we are. Well, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you are, man. Like, the social distancing is right up my alley. I mean, I'm an only child. I'm a single guy. I've pretty much done this on purpose for the first 39 years of my life. Now it's just been dictated <laughs> that I, I should do it. But uh-huh. but it's like now that I have to do it, now it's like I'm climbing the walls. You know, like right. I, I just I, I want to go do something with somebody anywhere like you know, I, I'm I'm dying for the golf courses to open. Well, um, Riverside opened today, didn't it? Yeah, but then the governor came out with this essential business thing, so I don't know Uh-oh. if it's I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be right. open tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Like it's every day, probably, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's probably not essential, but at the same time, can we say it's essential for our sanity? Oh man, for real! Like that's like the it's like the world's greatest psychologist for middle aged men is a golf course. Just right. go out there and but, just hit the ball around and swear and drink a couple beers and get your frustrations out. I would imagine, and I didn't read what the new rules and regulations, at least when they were planning on opening. I'm not imagining they would let more than one person in the cart. No, no. And and you know what? Like, f- frankly, like, it's a perfect opportunity to just walk. I mean, unless you're right. physically unable to do it, like, there's no reason why everybody just doesn't walk. I'd be dead by the turn. <laughs> well, at Riverside, you can't walk the back nine. That's murder. That's way too hilly. You got to walk the front. Yeah, carry my own clubs and, and walk the front nine. I... You know, I would be I would be dead by by the clubhouse snack. Yeah, I, I, sure. I, you got to get a push cart, man, or that, that's that's the ticket. But 
I like the old guys. Like maybe, am I too young at age forty to get one of those remote control bags? Hell no! Just push a button and and then it just goes. Hell no! I got there's guys in our in our men's league that are you know our age or maybe slightly older that have those. That's that's no problem. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's yeah. it's yeah, kind of I, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous in general, but I don't know that the age. I think the I think you're of the right age now. Okay. All right. So what? Uh, so what have you been doing, man? You just been hanging out with the kids and the wife and watching Frozen Two on repeat, or what? Oh man, she has she has got everything down. I mean, we're trying to keep them busy, and she's doing great with working at home and waiting for me to get home. And the kids have so far have been good. I mean, this week is their spring break. So we're kind of lightening up on the on the schoolwork and the projects and stuff. But we we had them busy last last week doing stuff. But I mean, it is it's so weird because we're trying to at least get out, and the weather so far has cooperated. I've seen people in my neighborhood that I don't recognize <laughs> because this is the first time that they've come out to you know walk and and sure. exercise with with their families and dogs and stuff. And I, I mean, there's people constantly walking in front of our house. Like, I've never seen you before. Yeah, a lot. Of, you find out a, you find out a lot of people have dogs. <laughs> right. A lot of dog yeah. walking going on right now. Them, the dogs in America have never had more exercise than they are right now. No, and I, but I don't think you can probably take them to dog parks because then there's that that distancing thing, right? Then, right. Um, coming into play, so everybody just walks around their neighborhood. Which is great, but I mean, it's it's taken this for us to just get out of our houses, and you know, I, I mean, we're thinking about going over to JSO well, if it's not a mud pit, um, and at least going on some trails and walking some hills and stuff for some exercise. But um, yeah, there's. Um, I mean, we went over to the the big uh, New Life Assembly parking lot and let the girls ride their bikes around. We're trying to teach the youngest one to. To, you know, ride without training wheels, and that's the biggest open space. So sure. I mean, that that is that is the level of excitement that we are at. How how does the school thing work? Like, are the schools giving the parents like things to do, or is this kind of up oh, to yeah. your own discretion? No, no, they are. They're doing instructions. They're doing. They're like recording videos and because every class now has a Facebook group. And so the parents join it, and that's like direct communication, and they get assignments and videos posted, and that's how the parents stay in touch. They, I mean, they have email lists with all the parents, so they send home, you know, a 20-page PDF with activities and links of stuff to do. So, I mean, you know, we, we print out stuff, and we use the Internet, and we're, it's like we are now all uh, homeschool teachers. <laughs> Nice. That's how that do, and they are just giving us the material, and we have to make sure the kids do everything and and learn. So, and I imagine this is probably where we're going to be in you know come June when school is supposed to let out. I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to let everybody back, but who knows? Yeah, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. No. Oh question. well. Okay. Now the better question is, what are you doing? <laughs> because sports guy, are you are you one of these old game guys? Because I can't do that. It's been rough. It's been rough. Um, I mean, I can, but only to a point. You know, uh, yesterday, um, well, CBS had on a couple of old uh, national championship games. Um, they had the mm-hmm. 2008 Kansas-Memphis game, which I watched a good portion of that because, you know, that's old enough. I hadn't, 
you know, I didn't remember everything about it. There were a lot of guys that went on to play in the NBA, so that was kind of a fun game to watch. But then the one after that was last year's uh, Virginia Texas Tech game, and I just I couldn't I could barely watch that live last year. I <laughs> watching it again, knowing the outcome, I, I couldn't handle that. But yeah, it's uh, it's been rough. I mean, I have I have put in some serious work on college football 13 on my ps3 i took my ps3 out of my bedroom brought it into the basement put it on top of my ps4 um so i so i've got both of those i've got my nintendo i've got a sega i've got the whole the whole shebang but i mean i probably i i don't even want to tell you the amount of seasons that i've gone through on that game it's it's ridiculous hey I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I, I knew if anybody would appreciate it, it would be you because that's you know that's oh. one where you can kind of just veg out, recruit, simulate, yep. dink around. You know, get up. You know, I get up, walk around the house while it's simulate, and come back. I don't know. It's tough. I, you know, you, you get on the treadmill for and I walk like a half mile, and then I'm bored, and I get off, and then I get back later, and I walk a little more, and get off, and it's just ah, man. Yeah. It's- it's going to be interesting to see how many people have like full blown cabin fever, you know, within the next three to four weeks or maybe even longer. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people just joking around. Like when they, when this whole thing gets done, they're going to just start handing out hugs left and right. Yeah. I, I gotta find, I gotta find my needle for, uh, air compression so I can, uh, put some air in my basketballs and yeah, might have to go out and, and work on the jumper a little bit. Just for just for something to do, you know. Especially if if, it, if we can get it over like fifty fifty five degrees here for a little stretch, you may you may see me out in the driveway shooting rocks at the uh, at the old backboard. Uh, but but you know, all that being said, we do have some stuff to talk about that's that's going on with sports. Basically, football, a little bit of a little bit of NBA stuff, not much, but for the most part, we got. Quite a bit of football we can kind of dive into, so let's. Uh, yeah, and that's, yeah, go that's ahead. one thing that I am worried about going forward is that you know we when the free agent market and the new league year hit, there was a flurry of activity even a couple of days before that when 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 we recorded our, our last one and then the days that followed. I'm just wondering how quickly the spiral is going to go down to the point where you know the market is now quiet. None of the leagues are going. Everybody's at home, and what's there going to be to talk about? Well, I think it's going to happen quickly, and then you're going to be counting the days until the draft. You know, right. I, I mean, and that that that's going to be like the most watched show ever. <laughs> Seriously, like even if, anything. you don't even have to be a, a football fan. Maybe you're a college football fan. Maybe you don't even like football, but just the fact that some sports is going to be on. I think it's just going to be crazy ratings for that. Now, is this going to be something, because you're not a huge draft guy, is this going to be something that you might watch more of than the past years combined? Oh, no question. No question. No question. Right. I mean, it'll, it'll like, just watching Kuiper and uh, McShay yell at each other will McShay. be some h- human interaction that I've, you know, that is exciting. Right. But they might be six feet away. They might be on opposite oh, ends of the table. Yeah, they probably won't even be in the same building. <laughs> All right, you want to uh, you want to get to the free agency notables? There's one big name at the top. Yeah, it's uh, 
I was surprised when I woke up to it. I think it was, was that, I don't know, was that like Saturday morning or Friday morning last week? But um, Yeah, Friday. Tom yep. Brady leaving the Patriots to sign in Tampa. Two years, $50 million. What do you think? Um, people have said that this Tampa team is not terrible that he is inheriting. I mean, when you consider the no names that seem to get mentioned a lot on the Patriots outside of, you know, your James White and Edelman and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, the Patriots don't have a lot of known players. Not at all. That are very, very dominant. It's just, it seems like the coach GM gets the most out of them. So I'm not going to say that the Tampa team that Brady's going to is more talented, but it's not devoid of anything. And I don't think he'd probably go somewhere just to get his ass kicked for two years over the age of 40. So, I mean, to me, I think he knows what he's doing. I mean, but then again, the division is not the AFC East. Correct. That's correct. So, and the, the, he's, he's, he's putting himself where he's now got to face Drew Brees and Matt Ryan instead of Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. Right. You know, uh, and even even throw Teddy Bridgewater in there who we'll get to uh with Carolina. I mean, that's that's no no walkover game either, but you know, Tampa this this is definitely going to be by far the best receiving core he's ever had. Um and it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny that it's it it happens at age 43. Um but I mean, you got Mike Evans and you got uh Godwin and uh, Perryman and um, OJ Howard down there at tight end, and you know they've. I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they either drafted or made a move with somebody at the running back position. That um, looks like that's probably what drew him there was maybe he kind of felt like he didn't have to do as much. I think he. I think it got to the point there last year with the Patriots where they were just asking a little too much of him because of those lack of weapons, like you just said. Um, it's just hard to ask a 40-something-year-old quarterback who can't move and, I mean, never could move in the first place, but really can't move now, um, you know, to carry you offensively. That's that's a tough ask. Well, when you're throwing, you know, out of the backfield and giving James White 10 receptions per game, I mean, that pretty much means you don't really have much help. Right. You guys aren't getting open down the field. Right. So, um, so I mean... The only thing that I don't know about that Tampa team is how good their offensive line is because that dude's not exactly mobile and he ain't getting any younger. Right. So if they can't keep him upright, I just I just hope and I, I'm not a Brady fan. I think people overblow, you know, their love affair for him quite a bit. But it's one of those things where dude's got six rings in twenty years with New England. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's established himself already as one of the one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in NFL history, or at least the most successful. I it's it's just one of those things where you, you hate to see no matter who the player is, to go down in flames when they're still trying to make a career out of it. I mean, if he gets his two years, he doesn't have to win a Super Bowl, but he does okay, then that's fine. You can say, All right, you were you were competitive until until your last breath. But if you are a shell of yourself and they surround you with all these guys and you can't pull the trigger on anything, then to me that just gets bad and it's like, all right, we need to we need to end this right now before something happens. Yeah, you hope it's more uh, 
Favre that first year with Minnesota than it is, um, you know, Emmett Smith on the Cardinals, Jerry Rice on right. the Broncos, um, you know, yeah. Joe Namath famously on the on the Rams. I mean, these guys that just are hanging on by a thread, and really the only reason they're on your roster is because of their name. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the Bruce Arians being the head coach is is interesting. I mean. I, that, I, that, that had to be a draw, and you know the fact that a couple of years ago Arians took uh, Carson Palmer basically out of retirement, put him right. on that Car- uh, uh, Arizona Cardinal team, and they were one game away from the Super Bowl. So I think if you're mm-hmm. Brady, um, you, you're probably looking at that. You got a similar instance where you've got a lot of weapons around you. Uh, Arians likes to throw the ball around and get it downfield, so you know. Um, who knows? There, it could be a lot of deep jump ball type of offense with these big receivers that they've got, and um, I think if nothing else, it's it's going to be a a fun team to watch this year. So um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, and also in that division, Breeze gets the two year fifty million dollar extension, which I think takes him to like age forty three, maybe forty two. Okay. Um, so I mean that is like the geriatric ward of the NFL, the the <laughs> NFC South. Um, I mean it will be cool to see those guys go head to head, but man, like them dudes are old. They're uh, it, it ain't it ain't the uh, it ain't the you know mid two thousand ten Tom Brady Drew Brees matchup that we were all hoping to see in a Super Bowl. That unfortunately. No, and it's just going to be really weird to see him in that jersey. And I know there's already been some photoshops and stuff. You know, people have come out with, you know, his jersey and his hat and, you know, whatever. And that it just looks odd. It'll probably take half a year to get used to. Or you'll you'll turn on the Buccaneer game and he'll be like, why are they on national television? Oh, that's right. Tom Brady's on the team. For sure. For sure. Yeah, Tampa will get a so, lot of those afternoon uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman games. Which is fine with me if it keeps them away from the Packers. I'm, I'm uh, good with that. You, I mean, that's really what I think that needs to happen. If they're going to play old games, they need to have a Buck Aikman marathon of their greatest hits, just for you. Stop <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, right, so two other things. Yeah, you had Phil Rivers to the Colts, one year for twenty-five. Mm-hmm. So, I mean that tells me they're either going to draft somebody and put a clipboard in his hand and a headset on him and say, learn everything you can, and Rivers see if you can get us some victories. Um, and then you got Bridgewater to Carolina for three years and $60 million. I mean, he was really good in, in place of Breeze for his time. But I just, I, that's a lot to bank on a guy with a pretty extensive injury history. It is. Um, I don't hate the contract compared to some of the other uh, quarterback contracts out there, but that you know you're paying twenty million bucks a year really to a game manager. I mean, let's be honest. Their their number one, number two, and number three option is Christian McCaffrey. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think it's you know hope that he can make enough plays to help you win and doesn't make any that cost you from winning. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the whole the whole getting rid of Cam Newton, um, basically, kind of just shoving him out the door by everything you're hearing. 
is a little surprising. Yeah. I mean, like Cam or don't like Cam, you know, if you, whether how good you think he is, he's the best player in the history of that franchise, other than For maybe sure. maybe Steve Smith. Um, but Cam was an MVP and led you guys led your team to the Super Bowl, and you're just throwing him out the door a year after he's hurt. I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised, I guess, at how he was treated. I'm not so surprised that he's on the market, um, uh, but. The fact that you know the organization and him are not even close to being on the same page from his comments is a little surprising. I'll be more curious to see who picks him up and how much how much how hurting who, they are at quarterback to take a chance on him. I look around the league though, like where's There's the opening? Like I, right. like the only one that really maybe the Chargers because I think right now they're going with Tyrod Taylor. Um, but, you know who's under quarter, who's under contract in New England? Well, yeah, but Cam Newton playing for Bell? I don't know. I don't see that. I understand, but I mean, you look at the three guys that are under contract, and it's like that's what you're going to go with. I mean, if Belichick has them, if he guides them to a 500 record with one of those three guys, if if that's who stays, I would be shocked. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. And, and, you know, I read an article today that maybe uh, New England kind of tanks it out this year so they can try to draft that quarterback from Clemson next year. I have a hard oh, time never. believing that Belichick is going to tank. Um, right. I just think that at his age, well, I don't know, but stranger things. The GM hat, so I mean, he's got a plan for his own survival long term. True. True. The 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 Phil Rivers to the Colts is a bit of a head scratcher to me. I I'm not I, okay. that that one I don't really get. I mean, you know, Rivers is another guy that is completely immobile and the Colts do have probably the best O-line in football, but like I don't know, if you're looking at the AFC and you're you know you have to beat the Chiefs, does Phil Rivers put you over the top? I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's one of those teams where it's like maybe bottoming out isn't the worst idea, but we'll see. I mean, you're going to give $25 million to a good quarterback who's not good anymore and who, like, the last couple of seasons, I mean, there's been a lot of talent on those Charger teams, and they have really not gotten it done, especially him. But is he, but is he better than Jacoby Brissett? At this point, I don't know. I, I, you know, they were going to make the playoffs last year. The Colts were until Brissett got hurt. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, his, and his numbers weren't terrible. Um, but I mean, he had a quarterback rating of fifty-two point one. That's not exactly stellar. But again, um, I think with Rivers, it's kind of like, what are your options? So, you know, I, I mean, I guess maybe the fits not ideal for him, but. I mean, $25 million bucks, Jesus. I mean, yeah, for, that's, for a team that's, that's probably, I mean, let's be honest, that's probably a 6-10 and 10 team. I, I just don't yeah. see them, you know, maybe they get maybe they get to 8-8 eight and eight and they're, they're sniffing around that 7th playoff spot now, but I don't know. Yeah, that, in that division, I think that would be, that would be hard to do. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, well, the the Patriots did sign a quarterback. Yeah. 
Brian Hoyer back to uh, to New England to play for Belichick, I think for like the third time now? Yeah, third go-around. I mean, is he Matt Castle 2.0? Is this is he going to lead him to the playoffs? Well, that's... That, I mean, right now he's their best option. I I read the the names of the guys. That Let me tell you from. something. He was on the Bears a couple years ago. He's not your best option. My my empty garbage can is a better option. <laughs> he's terrible. He's awful. They have a dra- they have a draft pick from last year, and then a guy that I've never even heard of. God, the quarterback so, the quarterback market is just atrocious. It's those three guys for trying to replace I mean I would be really curious to see how many fans provided this whole pandemic blows over I would be curious to see how many fans turn out to see Brian Hoyer replacing Tom Brady yeah I know well I guess maybe out there uh, you know there's, there's such a loyalty to Belichick maybe there's you know the just the novelty right. of like what the hell is this guy gonna do but yeah right. I, I mean, maybe know. you show up first Maybe you show up for sheer morbid curiosity. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Could be. How about Daniel getting $13 million to back up Matt Stafford? You, I mean, this is basically your insurance policy from the crap that you went through last year when you just had a rotating table of guys after he went out with his broken back. You know what this contract is, totally, and this is why the Lions always suck? They signed him because he played good against them. The guys won like three games in the last two years backing up Trubisky, and I think two of them are against Detroit. That's all this is. They're, they, they they saw him up close, and they're like, oh, he's not bad. So he's a, now he's a lion. Good for you. That's why your team's a joke. <laughs> Three years and $13 million. That just seems just asinine. Totally. I mean, $4 million a year for this guy? Come on. I, that's why, you know, we, you look at some of this stuff and you see a Bridgewater getting 20 and a Rivers getting 25. You kind of understand why Dak thinks he should get 40. I don't think he's worth 40, yeah. but I think if you're looking around going, I am so much better than these guys. And well, and that's, that's the argument that guys like, you know, Rodgers and some other guys do because you see the market reset itself and then you get the list of who's making what. And then you look at where you are, and you're like, "This is this is impossible." Yeah, I, I, and I need to be way, I need to be way up there. And and I mean, to a degree, they're not justifying that they're worth that much. They're just justifying that they're worth more than everybody that's in front of them. Like Pat Mahomes is worth ten million dollars a game to the to the Chiefs easily. Oh right, easily for sure. So you know, if he walked yeah. in at his next contract negotiation and said, "I want fifty a year." I think he gets it. I, who says no? How are you not paying him? There's only f- seven quarterbacks in football that are even any good. It would be interesting to me how much of that money they could possibly defer so they just don't absolutely kill their salary cap. Right. Because the the, 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 the Ravens did that with Joe Flacco, and they couldn't put anybody around him, and they finally got rid of him. He went to Denver, and then they just released him. Which is hilarious. And now... Right. Oh, no, it, it totally is because there's a guy who won playoff games and he probably got what he thought he deserved by way of the market. But the problem is then they stopped surrounding him with good teams and, and a you know, an A-plus defense, and they didn't win as much, so they got rid of the guy that's holding them back financially. 
and then he goes to a shit team and he can't perform, and then they just get rid of him anyway. Well, and the problem with Flacco was that he just wasn't very good. You know, I mean, you you no. can you can get away with that a little bit if you're Green Bay or if you're Seattle and you've got good infrastructure and you can pay your quarterback the way they've paid Wilson and Rodgers and it doesn't murder you. You can still compete. But man, when you make those mistakes like with Flacco, I mean, you're, it, it wrecks you. And, and um, that kind of leads us into the next thing: my Bears. Um, what you guys? You guys have been very active. They're always active. They're always active. They're always doing stuff, which is like, I don't know if that's like the GM's way of justifying his existence and keeping him around because some of these moves, I don't, I don't get them. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss of what the hell they're doing. I mean, I get it to a point. Um, Let's, let's start with uh, the big move, which was they trade their fourth round compensatory pick to the Jaguars for Nick Foles and the bears are going to be on the hook for three years, 50 million of his contract going forward. Um, I, I understand the thinking with bringing in Foles to compete and push Trubisky, but that's a lot of money. Cause I, ideally if you're, I think if you're the bears, ideally Trubisky this year, goes back to what he was two years ago where he's not bad. And maybe it looks like you can build on something with him. Well, now you got a what? You got a fifteen, sixteen million a year backup? Like what is how does that help? I don't I don't understand that. And then the other thing is I just don't think Nick Foles is very good. I think that whole thing in well, Philadelphia was right place, <laughs> right time, a lot of talent, perfect system. Um I, I don't know, man. I other than that little mini run in Philadelphia for like basically less than a season's worth of games, what the hell has this guy done? Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. Um, I think, honestly, if you don't mind the money, I think this is actually pretty smart by Chicago just because, to me, I, I look at it a different way. They, they put, he pushes Trubisky, and the team says, okay, you're, you're our guy, but we've got this dude back here if you think. So he goes out, he puts in a bad season, they don't have to resign him, and now you've got your quarterback for the next year or two so you can go get another one. That's fine if they do so that, like, though, but you can't. they got to shit or get off the pot. Policy. Yes, but they're going right. to have to shit or get off the pot with Trubisky this year. This is it. Well, that, and, and, and that's what I think that was. I think this is a, a deal that they are assuming – I think that Trubisky can't can't do what they want him to do. So now they've got their 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 gap, you know, their their bridge for the next couple of years when that doesn't work. And yeah, not a whole lot of people are going to like the fact that it's Nick Foles, but it's better than some of the guys that were backing people up in Detroit or Chase Daniel. I mean, I I think the one thing I like the most about it is you know Foles had his best years playing for Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Obviously, Peterson is an Andy Reid protege. And Nagy is also from the Reid-Peterson coaching tree. They were all together in Philly. They were all together in Kansas City. So that line of thinking, you know, okay, you're going to bring in Foles, who's had success in the system. Okay, that's, you know, that's encouraging. But 
I just, I guess, I guess my hatred of it is more probably more towards the Trubisky part of it than the actual getting of Foles because I, I'm just not confident enough that the Bears are going to be willing to pull the plug on him because there's always that there's always that carrot dangling out in front of of Nagy with Trubisky where it's like if the Bears are one and two. There's always this, well, yeah, but we're, you know, if, if we didn't fumble here and if we'd have, you know, done something better here, we could be 3-0. and And Mitch actually hasn't played that bad. And that's the song they've been singing here for the last year. Like, when do they have the guts to say, all right, look, we're 1-4, and four, you're playing like shit, you, you're done. You're done. I just well, don't know I that they have the guts to do that. Well, I, it, it's a, it's weird for me to try and give the Bears a little credit, but I think, honestly, they might have had the foresight to see the, that exact scenario coming, and they didn't give up virtually anything to get him. A, a pick that you didn't have to begin with. Agreed. You know, you know, they, they get over there, and, and all they do is, is inherit some of the contract. So, to me, that, that's, a, that's a win-win. Well, so, you, 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 if they do like you say, and can actually put their foot down and make a decision on what they want to do, then at least they have a stopgap until they can get somebody else. Well, I will say this. Ryan Pace, this is the third quarterback he's brought in now since he's been the general manager. The Mm -hmm. first time he gave $20 million to Mike Glennon, and he lasted like a game and a half. (laughs) Then he he drafted Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson. And now he's trading for a career backup in Nick Foles, who's making fifty million over in the next three. This is it. You cannot have another crack at the quarterback position if you're Ryan Pace, in my opinion. I, you're if this doesn't work, you're zero for three. You got to go. I think that's fair. I mean, the Khalil Mack trade—that's great. Yeah, you you made some nice draft picks. Okay, but the most important position—you've bungled it. So, well, they they signed Trey Burton to some money. I mean, he which was he a was mistake. Injured and yep, and didn't do much. And now you got our boy Jimmy Graham, who you were busy bagging on, and pretty much everybody was busy bagging on because um, he moved he at a snail pace. <laughs> yes, I mean it's the corpse I, I of Jimmy Graham. To, I would be interested to see who's faster, him or Jason Witten. I'd rather I'd like to see who's faster, him or either of our mothers. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Nine million of it's guaranteed. You get him for two years, maybe it's one. Man, some of these guys must have just unbelievable agents. Like, mm-hmm. like, how does Jimmy Graham get a six, two years, sixteen million with nine guaranteed? Like, God. I mean, his best his best attribute as a player was his uh, leaping ability and speed, and he has neither anymore. Nope. He never had good hands. He was never a good route runner. Like, I mean, that just shows what the Trey Burton screw-up, the desperation that they had. And then they had that kid they picked a couple years ago, Shaheen, out of, yep. you know, Bumblefuck Division Two. He's been awful. Yep. Like, I don't know. That's another, that's another one that... that Leaves me scratching my head with the Bears. And then the the third one, so they released Leonard Floyd, a guy they picked, I don't know, four years ago out of Georgia who was just kind of had a really good year 
two years ago when they won the division and had a down year last year. The Bears just, they released him. They obviously didn't want to pick up his his money. And then they turned around and they gave 30-year-old Robert Quinn five-year, 70 million, 30 of it guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, that one, I mean, you look at his, his stats and he was pretty good on a pretty good defense. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know that you throw that much money at him for that length of a contract when you're that old. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I understand only 30 of it's guaranteed. He, there's no way he's playing out five years on the Bears. No. I mean, that's that's no three way. years max. Um, nope. But I don't know. Can can you can you throw some money at a wide receiver or something? Can you can you go get some weapons? That's what I'm I'm wondering why they're why I mean, and this is the same thing with, with you know that the Packers are kind of going through. They you have a couple of glaring positions that you really need addressing, and you go the complete opposite direction. Doesn't I mean, it? Doesn't yeah. it kind of? Doesn't it kind of seem in both those instances? Um, and the Packers, really, at the same position because I think the Packers have added a little bit at wide receiver too. It's it's organizational stubbornness. It's it's like we drafted these guys. We think they're good. We're going to make sure and prove that they're good. So we're not going to monkey with this this position group because the Bears have got a couple of guys that they've drafted and and Allen Robinson who they signed a couple years ago who's been pretty good. But like, you know, you, you see what De, De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets traded for and and what Diggs gets mm-hmm. traded for and it's like you, you guys can't get in the mix for these these players? Really? I don't Bag get of that. Marble. Yeah. Yeah, that that's reminiscent of to me of Ted Thompson early in some of the offensive linemen that he took. And when Rodgers was just running for his life because they kept kept these guys around, whether it was a backup role or making a spot start for somebody. But you knew when they were in the game, like... It's a th- disaster. Just gonna... Yes. Yes. So, what what I... was it a couple years ago? Didn't, didn't like, both... Weren't Bulaga and Bakhtiari, like, both out at one time? And, like, yes. Rodgers was, like, literally, like, Jesus Christ. Like, I've got, like, a second and a half to get rid of the ball here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all the, because all the guys that they, they kept around and they just hoping developed, they just didn't. And and sooner or later, I mean, like, you know, if you play out your rookie contract, you don't pick up a fifth-year option. That's kind of becoming more common. But if these guys stick around on one- and two-year deals after that, but they, they never amount to anything, what, what are you doing? Are you you just don't want to give up on the time and the money that you invested and just the hope that the guy one day wakes up and all of a sudden figures it out and knows how to pass block? Yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you just gotta be willing to cut your losses. And I mean, it, it used to be with general managers like you had to pick some of these hills to die on, and if you picked the wrong one, you got fired. Doesn't seem like these guys yep. get fired like they used to, which I don't know. Probably in the long run is a good thing, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, two two more signings the Bears had. They signed a defensive back named Artie Burns. I, I maybe you know grandson of no Montgomery idea. Montgomery Burns. I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> um, and then the other one was a uh, uh, number one draft pick of the all name team, uh, Barcavius Mingo. Uh, yep. They signed him to a one year deal as well. I don't know where those guys fit in, uh, if at all. But no. um, 
that's kind of what the Bears have done. But I and I was going to ask you just there's really nothing to talk about with the Packers. Um, I mean, you're probably used to it by now after living through the Ted Thompson regime. But are you, is it is it kind of aggravating to sit and watch everybody else in the league making moves? Um, I mean, I know the Packers had the two signings last week real early, but pretty pretty silent from them the last, I don't know, 10 days or so. Well, from everything that I heard, they wanted that Hooper uh, tight end from the Falcons, and the, and the Browns made him the, the, one of the richest tight ends in the league, so they didn't want to overpay for him. So now they're just going to hope that Jay Sternberger, is, you know, who didn't catch a pass in the regular season because he was on injured reserve, he came back and he caught one against the Seahawks um, in, in the playoffs. They're hoping that he has a monster season and he is their starter for years to come. And they were in on the Emmanuel Sanders uh, deal before he signed with the Saints. Um, but the Packers were in uh, with him and the Cowboys, and they couldn't get. So, I mean, Boy. they have been in on things, but it doesn't sound like Gudikins wants to throw a bunch of money at guys and overpay because, and and here's where I think fans can be a little short-sighted because when I look at it, I'm fine because they have saved money against the salary cap and given, them, given themselves more flexibility. And they might be okay substitutions at a cheaper rate than Blake Martinez and uh, Brian Bulaga. But you've got three guys next year and, and I, I already looked ahead to their free agents next year. And they've got they got four guys that are coming up that are going to be due extensions. And you're going to have some either some serious decisions to make or some serious money to shell out. You've got Corey Lindsley, the center. You've got Bakhtiari, the left tackle. Um, you've got Kenny Clark on the defensive line, who the market for defensive linemen getting re-signed this year. That, that market just went through the roof. And you've got running back Aaron Jones. Those are four guys that next year you're going to have to really decide how important they are to the team. For sure, and they're going to have to get they're going to have to get creative. So it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much. The one thing I would have liked was a playmaking wide receiver. Yeah, just, I, just a little just a little bit of help. I, man, I mean Emmanuel Sanders in that Randall Cobb slot position. Woo! I don't. I'm glad that didn't happen. That would have been a Tough, tough cover for a lot of teams in the NFC. He's good. Yeah, and and that wasn't even really like a backbreaking contract that he signed no. with, 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 with you know with the Saints. And I'm I mean, who wouldn't want to go play with Drew Brees inside? I mean, I get it. Who wants to come to Green Bay and play outside? Um, but I don't know. I don't know what 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 the numbers were that floated around and how off Green Bay was in, or, or what the reason was that Sanders chose New Orleans if it was just for the money. But that, that to me, wasn't an, an absorbent amount to pay if you want to try and get some help. But, I mean, I talked to I talked to Jason Wildey today, and he said that they're, he still believes that they're going to add some third- or fourth-tier veteran help um, to try and, and bolster that receiving core and not necessarily rely totally on the draft. All right. Well, give us a rundown on uh, on some other stuff. What else we got going on? Well, it's interesting to me because I think the division got weaker outside of Green Bay and Chicago. Yep, I would because, agree. Because, I mean, especially in Minnesota, 
I mean, they trade. They the day after they signed Kirk Cousins, they sent Stephon Diggs to the Bills for four draft picks, three this year and one next year. Um, and then Minnesota traded their their uh, let their defense. They released Linval Joseph, their D one of their D tackles up front. He goes to the Chargers. So, I mean, Minnesota and and they they signed some guys. They were, they released the safety in there as well. They lost so Trey Wayans too, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think they. They definitely got worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, then former Packers. I mean, Martinez and Bulaga both got ten million a year. Bulaga went to the Chargers. Martinez went to the Giants. Um, former Packer Randall Cobb goes to the Texans. I mean, they needed the help, but I mean, he's not going to—he's not going to be anything close to trying to replace Hopkins. Right. Right. Um, and then Amari Cooper got twenty million a year to go to, uh, to resign with Dallas, which. I don't know. Right. Does Prescott look at that and say, "Oh, you got money for him, but not for me"? And they're paying. They're paying. I mean, well, I mean, he's getting what twenty a year. Dak's getting like twenty six, and I'm sure what I think Zeke's getting about twenty or eighteen or something like that. Like you're mm-hmm. paying. You're paying sixty million bucks for three dudes. You better win your division. Right. Oh, for sure. Can't be going um, eight and eight and I nine would- and seven like they did last year. That's that ain't gonna cut it. Mike McCarthy's got some pressure on him now with some of these guys that got big money contracts. If he didn't already have pressure being the Cowboy coach, Kyler Fackrell left Green Bay. He wasn't going to get any playing time. They got the Smith and they just drafted Rashawn Gary. There's just nowhere for him to play. He played Martinez to the Giants. A um, couple of former Badgers. All right, let's, let's stick with a former Packer. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I, I was wondering if the Bears were going to try to bring him back. Um, I thought he was just he was okay last year. He had a couple yeah, picks early. Yeah, didn't didn't hurt. Didn't hurt you. Didn't didn't do much to help you. Um, but man, I I think you know two years ago before the Packers traded him, I think he was looking at himself as a top tier safety in the league. And I mean to come oh, yeah. come off that trade and get two small one year deals from Chicago and now Dallas, boy, that's I'm sure that wasn't what he was looking for. No, definitely not. I think he he again when it's pretty clear when you bounce around teams for the first you know five six years of your career, like if you know if you don't get your get the extension picked up, they don't think a whole lot of you. You go to the other team, you sign a couple of years, you know two year contracts. You only stick around for one, then you sign another one-year deal. People aren't ready to invest on you because they just don't think you're very good. That that I, I would think would be a little bit of a wake-up call, but I, I I'm not in that position. Yeah, so who I don't knows? A um, couple of former Badgers got paid. Mister Joe Schilbert, uh, the linebacker, went from Cleveland to Jacksonville. The only thing about that is warmer weather. Um, maybe <laughs> yeah. the Jaguars are going to be better. Um, but but he got. He got close to eleven million a year. Get maybe get, maybe he just to, maybe he just wanted out of that freaking circus up there. You know, you know, and I I can't blame anybody that stays in Cleveland for a couple of years and then the first chance they get to bolt and cash in, mm-hmm. they do it. No, I don't. I don't blame them at all. And then Melvin Gordon goes to the Broncos for for eight million a year for two years. What do you think of that one? That's that was a interesting move. Well, Denver already has an established running back that killed the Packers. I remember that during, uh, during the regular season. They couldn't stop the guy. Is that Lindsey? Um, I mean, Lindsey? Philip Lindsey? Yeah. 
this is such a it's so rare now to have just one guy carrying you. But I don't know, and I don't know what Lindsey's contract looks like. He, is he making less to be the starter than Gordon? Is? Probably because I think he's a. I think he was on a rookie deal. So, so how how long, how long does that sit with him? And how many carries now is he down? I hope Melvin fired his agent because that guy cost him a lot of money last year. Yeah, he just didn't for sure. A lot of money. You know, yep. if he'd have taken that, I think he was offered like three years or or four years at about ten a year. Man, that would look a lot better than this two year deal with only thirteen guaranteed. That's that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Big difference. You know, it's it's interesting also when when you look at one of the teams that had to make the move, and it just kind of shows you how dangerous these mega expenses can be if you want to try and hold some of the pieces together and how long you can keep these guys under the same banner because the Rams got themselves into a lot of financial trouble signing Jared Goff, um, Brandon Coates, and um, Aaron Donald and Todd Gurley to mega extensions. And when the time came, they can't they can't build a team, so they had to cut Gurley. And Clay Matthews, he did, he did okay last year. Um, he, he, got, he got a broken jaw, I think, but he had he had a little bit of a resurgence in L.A., but they had to cut him loose because they didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. And Gurley, I think, one hour after the Rams said they were going to release him, he got picked up by the Falcons. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that signing for Atlanta. I mean, he goes back to Georgia. He's motivated. He got him on a one-year deal. Um, but does he have anything left because he's got injuries? I don't know. That's That's... That remains to be seen, but you're you're right about the Rams, though, and I mean that's kind of your, that's kind of what you're staring down the barrel at if you're the Cowboys, like with what I just said, signing those three position guys to all that money, and then they got a bunch right. of money tied up in some of their linemen too. So, it, you know, I mean, if anybody can afford it, it's Jerry Jones, but there is still a, a salary cap. So, right. you know, you, you've you've got to be able to navigate that. I've I've read some stuff of Brandon Cooks. Uh, absolutely being on the trade market. Um, I did see, um, I don't think the Packers were linked to Cooks, but I think some people were like, boy, <laughs> you put Brandon Cooks on the oh, Packers yeah. opposite Devontae Adams, that's a nice duo. Um, sure. So, yeah, I, I, and even, I don't know how factual it is, but there was some linking of Matthews back to Green Bay as well. Well, they would they wouldn't mind getting him back and putting him inside. And he didn't like playing there. He wanted to watch the quarterback. He wanted to get after the quarterback. But right now when you're in the late stage of your career, I don't know what you just want to go play somewhere and you wanna you wanna have a you know, a multi year deal so you get some security and then you get paid and it doesn't matter. Use me however you want. I don't know whether that soon has changed, but you know, for the for the limited time that he was inside, he was just as effective if not better. Than, than rushing the passer. I would just, I would just, if I were the Packers, I'd call him and be like, "Hey, man, want a job on a good team?" Right. If not, then yep. have fun on the Cardinals or who, whatever shitbag team you end up on for a one-year, two million dollar deal. But if you want to come play for a team that's got a chance to win the NFC, you you, you're, don't you, mind playing you, inside. you you probably still got your house here. It's all good. Right. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. So, 
thankfully the NFL is still doing stuff, but like you said, nothing's really on the radar until the draft. And, no. and right now, you've seen a lot of these top-tier players and even second-tier guys start to move. And so the, 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 the signings and everything is probably going to be pretty pretty lame for about the next month until the draft. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I would agree with that. All right. Well, getting towards the end here, um, just wanted to hit a little bit of NBA news. Um, sure. One, one bit of good news uh, I saw today was uh, Charles Barkley's test for the coronavirus came back, and it was negative, so he does not have it, which is a good thing to hear. I mean, you know. Chuck's not exactly a, a specimen of health, and he's getting up into that you know that high fifties range. Um, so it was good good to hear uh, that news. But man, a lot of a lot of NBA players here in the last week have have tested positive. Uh, we had yep. like four guys on the Nets, including Durant. Uh, four guys mm-hmm. on the Lakers. Uh, you had um, uh, Marcus Smart on Boston. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 making its way around the league, and um, I think that they were pretty lucky. Uh, in hindsight, the the Gobert thing looked kind of bad when it happened, but I think in hindsight, um, it they were very very fortunate that they caught him being sick when they did, because with the close contact that these guys are having during games, uh, they might have dodged a big time bullet. I think the league probably deserves credit for making a bold decision right away after just one case. And I saw some stuff last week, or maybe it was the week before, is how is Rudy Gobert going to be remembered um, as this whole thing? Is he going to be remembered as a hero? And, I mean, when, when you see that press conference and him making fun of it and touching everything, and then hearing some stuff from inside the locker room that he was joking around with his guys, and then he finally passed it on, and then he feels bad about it. I'm not, I'm not crediting him as being a hero. No. I'm crediting the NBA to say, you know, hey, we got one test, and, and we have the foresight to know how quickly this could spread with those guys out on the court and in the locker room. We're done. And it probably would have been a lot worse had they not jumped in immediately like they did. No question. And, I, you know, the Gobert thing, I mean, we touched on it a little bit last week. I think that was just him um, – Trying to be cute and be funny, and obviously not taking it as serious as as he should have. Well, but you know what? To be honest, at the time, I don't think any of us were taking it that serious. You know, probably true. I mean, no, we were we were hearing stuff about games with no fans, and I was like, I don't think that. I find that hard to believe. And you know, and then before you know it, two weeks later, here we are, and there's nothing going on. So, right, you know, hard hard to. You know, I'm sure there are some pissed off guys, including Donovan Mitchell, their their star player, who. Um, also had the coronavirus, but you know it's one of those things. It's like, how do you know that Mitchell didn't infect Gobert? I I, I don't know. You know, I right. mean, only the doctors would know because they'd be able to maybe tell how long you've had it versus the other guy. I don't know, but you know, whatever. Guys, guys, guys will get over that kind of stuff. I don't think that's anything that they're mm-hmm. going to be breaking up the team over. Uh, I, I would be sure. surprised. Um, but you know, some some. News came out from Woj. Um, right now, the owners are looking at mid to late June to resume the season. Um, oh man, I'm a little surprised that that they're they're that far out. Um, you know that that you know you, you've got a if they went ahead with the normal length series for the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs are 
two two and a half months long. I mean, that puts That's you a long time. Yeah, I mean, that puts you into September, so uh, or close to it. So I I don't know if that's feasible. Um, but, you know, Adam Silver was on uh, ESPN the other day and did an interview and talked about some stuff that I found a little bit interesting. Um, you know, obviously the the question that they ask him is, you know, when do you think you're going to be back? And if when you're back, how are you going to be back? And, you know, he talked about um, when they do come back, he was hoping, you know, mid to late May, obviously, like I just said, the owners are talking into June, um, they're talking about obviously having to play some of these games without fans, um, and I think that that's really not that big a deal. And Silver even noted in the interview, like you know, ninety nine percent of the fans of the NBA are consuming it on their phone, their laptop, their iPad, their TV. There's not, you know, relatively speaking, it's a small number of people that actually go to games. Um, so I think you know it'd be a little jarring to see those games on TV with nobody there, but I don't know that it would it would affect the game itself. Um, so that that was a thought. He talked about you know mandatory testing for players, teams, and arena personnel, obviously before they they start any of this stuff. Um, and then he, he one thing that I found interesting was you know he said if if this does get pushed back into June. You know, that's a really long time for the American public to go without sports. And, you know, he was hoping that maybe there was a way they could do some kind of a a, a charity game. Um, it's kind of they, they did something similar to that, uh, you know, several years ago during one of the lockouts. A bunch of the players got together and had kind of like an exhibition game and raised some money for for uh, I think some of the lower paid players in the league. Uh, maybe they could do something like that. Um, where it, at least they could televise it, make some money off the TV, and then donate it to you know the some coronavirus charity type deal. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, he said f- around fifty five thousand jobs are affected by this um, this work stoppage with the NBA. That's how many people are are involved, whether it's with the team, with the arena, with you know everything. Fifty five thousand. That's whew. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I would be curious to see how they are going to... I mean, virtually every organization right now has said that they're going to take care of their arena, um, the arena employees where they play in a lot of players that pledged money to help you know take care of them. But, I, I mean, that's one thing that I'm not really worried about is the owners having to shell out a little money where they're not getting in you know, um, TV contractual stuff if, if nothing's airing or maybe those contracts still have to be honored, I don't know. But you're not getting in revenue from your own arena home game, stuff like that. I mean, owners can always, they always try to, to you know, play the violin pretty hard when it comes to, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. not, paying, not paying money for your own, your, you know, your own arena and wanting public assistance and all that stuff. They're great when, at crying poverty when they, when they, yeah. when they want something, yeah. Right. So I, to me, that's the, you know, suck it up, take care of the people in your organization, whether they're, you know, really affected or not, just make sure everybody's in a good place and then try and make up what you can on the back end. Right. Well, I didn't really want to talk about this, but I think at this point I kind of have to, uh, we touched on the bucks and the, the disappointment of this season being suspended, um, with the amazing year that, that 
they were having looking like they were going to make the finals, have a chance to win the title, and then Giannis uh, looking to get back-to-back MVPs. Um, Hmm. But it did get me thinking, um, the clock is ticking on Giannis' free agency, and we we all know that. Um, He's eligible for an extension this summer, and he can be an unrestricted free agent following the 2021 season. Um, you know, one of the prevailing thoughts was that the Bucks really needed to make the finals this year to kind of show him they they are, you know, they progressed from last year. They're close. They're on the cusp of winning a title. Um, with, with all this going on, man, there's so many unknowns. Like what if there is no playoffs? Um, what if they, what if they come back and they're just out of sync and they get, you know, they get beat in the second round. I mean, what does that say? And if they push the season back, how does free agency even work with these options? Um, there's just a lot of, lot of questions surrounding the future of, of not only the bucks, but of Giannis here. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm worried about it. Um, but it, it certainly is something that's kind of hanging out there that, you know, along with everything else, is really a huge unknown for for the entire franchise. Well, with all those road trips that we went on, this is a different tone that I'm hearing from you right now than previously because there was no worry. Uh, you know, they might not get him this year, but there's no way that he's leaving. And now I'm getting a little bit of doubt from you. Now, is that just because of the current situation? Because of the unknowns, I mean, if there was, you know, if they reach the NBA Finals and win a title or not, was it was was it going to be a slam dunk that he's going to stay in Milwaukee, or does now this whole thing kind of throw everything into a lurch? Well, I, I think if you, you know, gun to my head today, I would say I still think he's going to sign the, the five-year 250 max extension either this summer or the okay. following. I still think he's going to. But let's just say that this season is a wash. Let's just say that things get so bad, we can't have the playoffs this year, the NBA ends without a champion, and we go in and, and he doesn't sign an extension and you go into next year with him in a contract year and you basically, if you're the organization, you probably have to at least make the finals to at least be able to say to him, we're, we're moving in the right direction. We're not stagnating. Um, I think it, it, it just makes it, it just puts the question there, you know, and, it, and it's not just with him. Um, you know, if the we're we're gonna get a shortened season, and you're gonna have already paid one year into the Middleton and Bledsoe contracts, so that's like you know thirty seven million dollars for Middleton. You've already paid off of his deal, and like eighteen off of Bledsoe off of his. Are those guys now more movable trade pieces? If you want to go out and try to get somebody to to pair with Giannis, um, I've I've long thought that Chris Paul is a guy that the Bucks could be looking at if for some reason they flamed out this year. You know, Bledsoe and, you know, some expiring contracts and a couple of draft picks maybe for Chris Paul. And you try to make a one-year run before Giannis is a free agent next year with Giannis, Middleton, and Paul. Now, you know, is that more viable now? Is that less viable now? I don't know. It's just it's just stuff that I've kind of been thinking about because I've certainly had the time. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I still think Giannis is a buck long term. I just, you know... 
I don't see any reason why he would leave. I don't see anybody out there. I mean, everybody wants to throw the Golden State carrot out there, but it's like I just have a hard time believing Giannis is going to pick up his mom, his girlfriend, and his new baby, and his and his brothers, and and just move to San Francisco. I don't know. I just that doesn't really fit with his character. Maybe, maybe I'm wishful thinking here, but I don't know. That's that's just kind of where I'm no. at. It, it seems to be a different family dynamic than what you would expect, and and maybe his 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 history and growing up will play a factor that maybe it wouldn't necessarily than just a a single guy who you know with um you know the mom that has done everything for him buy mom a house and then gallivant wherever you want because you have the freedom to do it right that's not you know I would say that's your more typical story than where Giannis is right now. And, and maybe I would think you're probably right. That plays more of a factor into it. I mean, just from everything that you've told me and that I've heard, that would make the most sense to me. And, you know, you can point to the last couple of seasons on the moves that they've made and the records that they've compiled. And granted, a lot of that has to do with him, but you can't say that the organization hasn't helped and wanted to give him pieces to do that and I think if you if you're either his agent or he tells his agent like listen these guys have been really good to me and they've they've given me a cast of characters that's allowed us to compete and have, they have put us to be one of the best teams in the league it's not like they've saddled him with a bag of bums and said go do it yourself and you know earn that contract I mean they genuinely have tried they built them and you know they built the team a new arena I mean there's a lot there that a lot of other teams have not been able to offer. No question. No question. Well, let's hope it doesn't get to that point. Let's hope that um, his girlfriend doesn't kill him before it gets to that point. <laughs> some, some of the things that those two have been putting on Twitter has been pretty funny. Yeah. Um, it looks like yeah. he's, he's, he's really going stir-crazy. Um, you know, and I, and my, cause I was talking to my mom about this, and she's like, well, you know, she goes, most of those guys probably have courts that they're their houses they can play at. And I'm like, well, like the the super rich ones like LeBron do, but like Giannis probably lives like downtown in like an apartment, you know? So right, he, it's not like he can just go down into his basement and just shoot jumpers all day like nope. some of these guys can. Doesn't work like that. No. All right, well, there's not much to hit with baseball. Um, still out indefinitely. Wow. Uh, sounds like... Again, they may not even be back till the 4th of July. Um, Craig Council did say in an interview yes, the other day he does believe they will be back at some point, but like everything else, nobody has any kind of real time frame. So we're kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, opening day is supposed to be this Thursday. Obviously, it's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's, much what, that's pretty much what we got uh, right now in the sports world. I mean... Um, you know, you and I talked a little bit before we went on about what's going to be left to talk about here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think we can still find something. Um, I mean, we, we got it over an hour today on, on not much, so we can, uh, <laughs> if you're still willing to, to get on the horn and, oh, yeah. and, and shoot the shit a little bit, I, you know, I'm always down. So, yeah, I was told by some of our, our P1 listeners, um, our, our regulars that they'll listen to us talk about pretty much anything, so they just want us to keep at it. Good, good. So we'll, it sounds like we'll have to come up with, with something, even if it's if there's not much substance there. 
yeah, we could maybe do some deep dives into some top five, some top ten lists of, of just random stuff. And um, I'm working on something right now that I hope to have released by the end of the week. Um, okay. So we'll uh, we'll kind of leave it at that. But um, yeah, right. man. Uh, and if any, you know, any of the listeners out there, if if you're bored. Um, shoot us a text, shoot us a, a Facebook yeah. message or a tweet and let us know what you're doing. If there's anything you want us to talk about, you know, you want us to dive into the, who's the greatest team or whatever. I know you, you hate those lists, but you know what? <laughs> we may have to suck it up and do a couple of those. Uh, I, I would be, I would be up for it. I guess it would, I mean, there's going to be a lot of time for me to think about it. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to be running around doing coach interviews. So I, I'm, I'm going to have a little free time on my hands going forward. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, stay in touch. All right, my friend. Keep everybody healthy yep. at the, uh, at the Goldberg house. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll be back next week barring any unforeseen actions. All right. Sounds good. Stay safe. Social distance. Absolutely. All right. I'm Dan. I'm Josh. And we will see you down the road. Go sports.